Good morning. Good morning. righty. Reading from the book of Joshua this morning. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Father God, teach us from your word we pray. Amen. I want to tell you a story about a courageous missionary doctor. Her name was Dr. Elizabeth Holland. She was a pediatrician from Memphis, Tennessee, who served as a volunteer doctor for World Vision. Once she treated patients in the middle of an Af African Civil War, explains the writer Robert Kerr. In 1985, she performed one appendectomy in which the operating room was a mud hut in the deep jungle of Zaire. The anesthetic was an animal tranquilizer, which ran out in the middle of the operation. Outside, MiG jets were dropping bombs. Every time a bomb hit, dirt from the mud hut fell on them. She performed a virtual miracle considering the circumstances, and her patient lived. During the Angolan Civil War, Holland routinely saw 400 to 500 patients a day. I frequently wrapped broken bones in magazines and used banana leaves for slings, she said. Since food was in short supply, she ate a paste made from ground cassava plant roots. It tasted like glue, said Dr. Holland. The first few days I thought I would die. But then I got to the point where it tasted pretty good. Sometimes when it rained, we could get a few leaves from the trees to cook it in for variety. Across the Angolan border was a minefield that often killed or injured civilians, while Dr. Holland would retrieve them. She said, I learned if I got down nose level to the ground, and crawled along on my stomach, I could see the mines. So I would make my way across, throw the injured person over my shoulder, and carry them out the same way I'd come in. We'll probably never be forced to persevere as Dr. Elizabeth Holland has, but may each of us grow in character. What is the one essential ingredient, quality, that Dr. Holland demonstrates in her service in Angola? It's courage. And I'd like to answer two questions today using our text in Joshua. 
The first is, what exactly is courage? And the second is, how can we grow in courage? So what is courage? Well, to answer that, let me bring back from a couple weeks the definition for wisdom. Wisdom, briefly defined, is the ability to choose the right path. A wise person takes in all the possibilities in a situation, chooses a course of action or reaction that best suits not only the short term, but the longer, bigger picture as well. With that in mind, courage is the willingness to walk that path, no matter how easy or hard it may be. Courage is doing what you know is right when it needs to be done, regardless of the level of difficulty involved. Let's look to our passage to learn more about courage. In these verses, God himself is letting Joshua know that he's been chosen to be the new leader of the people of Israel. Moses has been laid to rest. The whole nation has had a period of mourning for 30 days for the man who God used to bring them out of Egypt. Joshua's appointment as leader doesn't come out of the blue. He's been prepared for this for more than 40 years. Joshua served as Moses' personal aide since his youth. He's chosen by Moses to lead them in their first battles just weeks after they leave Egypt. He alone goes up Mount Sinai with Moses as God gives Moses the law the people are to live by. He's chosen to be one of those 12 men that spy out the promised land. And when they come back, only he and Caleb have the courage to enter the land. The other 10 are full of fear. And the nation follows the fears of those other ten, refusing to enter the land that God has promised to them. So God takes their lack of faith and declares that of all those people who have left Egypt, only Joshua and Caleb will actually enter the promised land. And 40 years later, these two men lead the next generation across the Jordan River. In God's wisdom, Joshua has been chosen to be the leader. So he's given a task which is no smaller than building a new nation out of a wandering mob. The first thing he has to do is keep order amongst the people who are notorious for being fickle and faithless. To do this, he has to keep them focused on the God who has brought them this far and on the mission God has given them to accomplish. Should he be able to do this, he must then lead the conquest of the new land, which is populated by numerous powerful tribes, cities, and nations. This involves everything from crossing a flowing river with millions of people to bringing down walls that tower before them. And then finally, should he be able to conquer the new land, he must then lead the distribution of land and wealth. Imagine what you would do if you had to divide up an area of over 20,000 square kilometers amongst several hundred thousand families. To do all this, Joshua will need to be strong and courageous. 
But it's not only the Joshua's of our world who need to be strong and courageous. We all need to be. We may not be nation leaders, but we are nation builders. And as God's children, we all live lives where courage isn't optional, but essential. It takes courage to work hard, especially in a society that rewards those who take shortcuts or thrive off of the efforts of others. Think of how many jobs there are where courage is absolutely mandatory. Police, firefighters, health workers on all levels, teachers. It takes courage to study, especially when cheating is downright epidemic at all levels of education. It takes courage to raise a child, or two, or three children. And once you're past three children, I think you're downright heroic. Sometimes it takes courage just to be a kid. And some kids exemplify courage in ways that can leave us breathless. I'm going to read to you a story about the courage one boy showed in the face of overwhelming adversity. It's called Over the Fence, and it's written by his dad. He didn't say his name. I have two very active sons. Both are very active in soccer and generally all sports. They've always been rambunctious and they get into arguments with each other, I guess most siblings do. One Thanksgiving evening they were both at a neighbor's house playing basketball. My oldest son Bill and his buddy were playing with the younger kids which ranged in age from 3 to 10. The neighbor had a mongrel Great Dane that was really massive. He was kept chained whenever the kids were playing outside and had never been a problem. My wife and I were in the den watching TV when we heard a loud screaming outside. We're used to noise, but this time it was a shrieking sound. I went to the back door and saw Bill in the backyard of a second neighbor holding his arm and bleeding. All of the other children were gone and the Great Dane was barking at him through the fence. As I ran down the deck toward him, I could see my younger son, Jake, coming around the front of the house screaming. All of the other kids were gone. Bill was crying but angry at the same time and I couldn't tell how badly he was hurt. We took Bill to the hospital that night and he had to have emergency surgery to repair tendons in his forearm and hand. He was very worried about this because he is a soccer goalie, but the doctors assured him that he would be okay with proper therapy. The next day, our neighbor and his oldest son came to the house and sat down to tell us what had happened. Somehow the dog had gotten off the chain and started to attack the little kids, including Jake. Bill, the older son, caught the dog from behind, jumped on his back, and wrapped his arm around the dog's neck to hold him off. The neighbor's son then got the little kids out of the backyard and into the house. After they were safely inside, Bill tried to get away from the dog himself, but the dog came after him. So Bill shielded himself with his forearm. He kept trying to get over the fence, but the dog kept pulling him down. 
My neighbor then came out of the house and got the dog to let go of my son. By that time, his forearm was shredded and he couldn't get over the fence by himself. While our neighbor's son was telling us this story, Jake began to cry. He'd always looked up to Bill as an example for soccer, but had never seen him as willing to sacrifice himself to help a pesky little brother. So suddenly his big brother was somebody who would risk his life for him. The older brother Bill, at just over 10 years old, exemplified everything we've come to call courage. Knowing what to do and acting on it, regardless of personal danger. I think we're ready to look at the next question. How can we grow in courage? But before I answer that, I do need to explain something. These things we've been talking about the last few weeks, wisdom, justice, and now courage, they're not commodities that we buy or sell and trade to get more and more of. Many people think that if we live out these virtues, we we will grow closer to God. They see them as a path to God. And as we live out wisdom and courage, we become more and more the person God wants us to be. That's not the message I'm here to share today. We do not earn our way to God through the practice of the virtues. Rather, we grow in these virtues as we give ourselves to God. God doesn't package wisdom in a box. He doesn't hold courage in a bag and dole it out to the highest bidder. No, these things take, take root and grow in us as we seek to live lives which simply show the importance and absolute need for God's help and love. That said, let us see how God exhorts Joshua to courage. He says it three times. And each time he also gives us a clue as to how courage grows within us. First, courage grows in us as we do the things which require it. Listen to the first time God calls Joshua to courage in verse 6. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Look at the last words in that verse. What will Joshua lead these people to do? To inherit the land that God swore to their forefathers to give them. In these words, we see that Joshua is simply the conduit by which God uses to fulfill his promises. God made a promise long ago, and he's using Joshua to fulfill it. We can learn courage too, as we let God fulfill His promises through us. And believe me, it takes courage to let God work through you. God says He loves us, and as we let Him love through us, we grow in courage to love ourselves. God says He cares for us, and as we strive to let that care work through us, we can learn courage to do things bigger than we can handle on our own. 
And as we strive to let God work through us, there are opportunities every day to do so. And we will grow in the courage it takes to do those things. Sounds a little tricky at first, having to do the things that require courage in order to grow in courage. But courage is an action word. And you can't know courage unless you've tried something which requires it. Courage also requires knowing what the right thing to do is. The next time God calls, calls pardon me, Joshua to courage, he adds another dimension. Listen to verses 7 and 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it to the right, turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. If courage is the willingness, the readiness to do the right thing at the right time, then we need to know what the right thing to do is. That's why God says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. To do the right thing, we need to know what the right thing to do is. That's why firefighters and the military and athletes and so many other professions train and train and train again so that they will know what to do when the fire is in front of them or when the battle's raging around them or when the race is about to begin. Their training consists of activity, of reading and studying their craft. And to do this, they have to have very precise and specific training manuals to read. I took a look at one firefighter's manual. It's just shy of a thousand pages. You think it would be turn on the hose and put out the fire, but no, there's a lot more to it than that. The Bible is our training manual for courage. And as we learn from it, we begin to, to discern the right thing to do at the right time. And that's one step closer to be willing to do it. And finally, courage comes from trusting that God is with us wherever we go. Listen to the last verse of the passage. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If there's one thing that sparks fear faster than anything else, it's being alone. Of all the times I've been afraid, the most tangible ones have come when I'm alone. These range from being alone in the house as a child, to being alone in the crowd as a bullied teen, to being alone in a big, dark, large church at night. I used to be the night watchman at Vancouver First Baptist, an old stone and mortar building. And it was huge, and there were cubby holes everywhere, and there were dark hallways, and it could get kind of scary in there later at night. It even had a tower you could climb and kind of look out over a bit of Vancouver sort of thing. But anyway, I can add to that now being alone in a hospital bed. 
Lori did an amazing job of being with me so much when I was in the hospital. But there were still times I had to be alone, and that could be scary. God knew that Joshua would feel pretty lonely in his role as leader. And he lets Joshua know that no matter how lonely he may feel, he is never really alone. Thank God there's nowhere we can go that he will not already be. From Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. To wrap this up today, courage is something we all need to grow in. We'll all face situations where doing what we know is right will be difficult, even impossible, on our own. In those times, our relationship to God can make the difference in how we conduct ourselves. If you don't think you have a relationship with God, let me quickly say that you need one. We all do. And I'd love to talk with you about that anytime. But if as God's children we want to know courage, then we must strive to let Him work through us. Strive to learn His Word seriously. And we must trust in His continuing presence. When we do these things, I believe that courage will grow. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen.